got the Merle Haggard blues today. I write songs when I feel this way. I grab my guitar and I play. I got the Merle Haggard blues today. Welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. And that lovely music is courtesy of Bobby Mackey, a true gent. It's the 20th episode, you guys. Can you believe it? I I must admit, I, I probably go online several times a day just to see the new cities that tune in and the countries. To date, Paranormal Prowlers podcast has nine countries listening, you guys. I mean, that is so fantastic. The United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, Brazil, Australia, Indonesia, India, South Africa, and Togo. I mean, thank you to every single one of you, wherever you are, for listening. It means the world to me. And as much as I enjoyed radio, that was one thing I was never able to actually get were numbers and cities and countries. And to me, that's just everything. I'm kind of a nerd, if you will, but that's just everything to me. So very cool. So anyways, last week I went to meet up with my cousin Holly so she can share some truly phenomenal things when it comes to the paranormal and the supernatural. She did some research and found an absolutely gorgeous cemetery that we both found very appropriate to meet and record at. So before recording, we kind of just like drove around and walked around the cemetery a good couple of hours, probably more like three hours. (laughs) And this whole time we did so, this gorgeous peregrine falcon was following us, just screeching and getting closer and never too far from us. And I thought that was really, really cool because it was a huge cemetery and uh, it it was just everywhere. Here is the awesome conversation my sweet cousin Holly and I had. Okay, so Holly, cousin, I recently had the pleasure to hang out with you for a few days about a week or two ago and you were talking about something that you just started doing recently recently. Before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about something. The last year or so, you've been doing this really sweet photography. Talk a little bit about that. Even the name is really sweet, but how did you get into that? So I am an end-of-life photographer, and I was doing photography just dabbling for many, many years and was at a end-of-life service for a resident who used to live at St. Andrews Village, and she guided me while I was sitting at her service. I heard her say, look what you're missing. There were at least 30 family members there and her daughter was trying to name all of the family members to introduce them to all of us who were in attendance. And she said to all of us, I'm not really sure if I can get this right. And that's when I heard the resident kind of over my shoulder saying, you're missing an opportunity here because my cell phone was dying and I had left it in the car, and I understood exactly what she was mentioning to me, that people during those times would love to probably have those moments captured in one way or another, which just has led to my end-of-life photography business and my want to give back to people during a really difficult time in their lives, moments that they may not realize or recognize what they want while they're actually happening. 
So that's what I'm doing. Right. No, and I, I love that. I think it's great. So is there like a Facebook page or something that people who are listening, my listeners, if they're curious to see these pictures, how can they? Um, Compassionate Photography is actually the company name. Um, and if you go to my page, which is Holly McIntyre, you can actually get to Compassionate Photography from there. And there's other links as well that will take you to the um, Instagram page, et cetera. Okay. No, absolutely. So that's neat that you've been doing that. And so with the end of life, you also started doing this hospice thing and 11th hour. I've never heard of 11th hour before. It sounds like something I've, I might be interested in doing, but um, talk about the 11th hour. What is that exactly? And what do you do? So the 11th hour program through the hospice that I'm working with is essentially people at the end of their life. So it doesn't mean that they're in their final hour, but they are somewhere in their final hours, could be minutes. Obviously, we don't know 100% when that will happen for people. But what I do as a volunteer is I go and sit bedside for people during that time and, and just hold space. And I actually do Reiki uh, healing touch therapy while I'm sitting there. And I just hold the space for them and let them process in whatever way during that time. I just want to interrupt you real quick. <laughs> we are actually in a cemetery in Evergreen in Colorado Springs, and it's a gorgeous cemetery. And so you might hear some things from time to time, like a plane going over our heads. And um, I, did, I did just want to mention that we've been here for a good two hours, just walking around and stuff, and um, driving to different plots and areas. And this paragon has been following us, this gorgeous bird. It's squawking, and everywhere we go, like minutes later, it shows up. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there. And so with the 11th hour, Holly, how long have you been doing it? I've been doing the work since May with the hospice, Denver Hospice, but I actually used to work at St. Andrews Village. Yeah. And when I worked at St. Andrews Village as their wellness coordinator, I did that work for 10 years. I guess about two years ago is when I left that particular job. And I was doing the 11th hour work, sitting with people in the last bits of their life without even realizing or recognizing that that was, quote, unquote, a thing. It's also known as end-of-life doula okay. or a death doula. Oh, wow. It's like there's a birth doula in the beginning. There's a death doula at the end. That so makes that sense. Is, that is something that I was providing without realizing um, that it was a thing. I just, the residents became my people. And I just sat with them. And the director of nursing would sometimes come and get me to sit with people in those stages to kind of provide comfort and safety so that they weren't alone during their final hours. And that must mean a lot, you know. I mean, I know some people kind of just, like, want their privacy at the end, and that's respecting, too. But it's nice to have that option. Like, I don't want to be alone. I'm afraid. Or, you know, I just want to know that I'm, I'm not alone in my last moments in life. And so that's a great thing that you do, and is that something that a lot of places you think offer, like if people were curious and wanting to do that, like maybe? I think that it's possible. I don't know um, if they call it the same thing. I don't yeah. know if it's termed the 11th hour at other hospices. Um, that is definitely the reason that I chose the hospice that, hospice that I am volunteering for, though, because my passion is around the death work. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely something that if people are interested in offering something like that for others, that checking in through hospice is probably the first place to try. 
Yeah, absolutely. So folks, especially people in the Denver area where my cousin is, if you're interested, you could always uh, look into that. I mean, talk about such a rewarding line of work, you know, just to be there and help people and just let them know that they're not alone and whether it's to hear them laugh or cry or just, you know, be a near or whatever. So I know we can't say any names for privacy and respecting and stuff, but have, have you encountered anything since you've been doing this since May that while doing the 11th hour that you want to talk about, like any encounters or just weird things or just special moments? Um, well, actually, the couple of times that I have gone and done my shift with the Denver Hospice, I have had really incredible encounters in that um, I was told when I was doing my shadow training that you're not always going to be with the person when they go. Yeah. Um, but I have been in the room with other people honoring them in their 11th hour twice now and within the same area, the next hall over sometimes even, people have gone while I've been present and I have experienced personal changes and shifts within myself that have given me a, an alert, if you will, kind of a reality and an awareness around the fact that something just shifted. And so I always am looking at the person I'm sitting with to see if it's actually been them and discovering um, I'm being guided to actually leave the rooms and go where those people actually are that have just passed. So I've been able to hold space for the family members twice now for people who have passed while I've been in the facility. Yeah, it's a really cool experience. There's also yeah. been a, a time or two where I've gone and, and just held the space and been able to watch people do their processing work and, and watching them shift as they're getting closer and closer into um, the time when it's, it's their actual time to go. So, Right. And when you experience that, I know it's like maybe different on different occasions, obviously, but when you experienced it, the transitioning part, was it more like a calm and peaceful and just kind of like at rest kind of thing? Yeah, when I was working at St. Andrew's Village and I was able to witness for people, it's extremely, every time that I've been able to witness, which has been a little more than a handful, within that last, I would say, 60 seconds even, even if it seems like it's a struggle up until that moment, been fortunate enough to watch people just go extremely peacefully. In one room, there was a lady who had a cat, and my director of nursing had come for me to um, try and help her through because she seemed like she was struggling at the end, and so she came to ask me to help with that. So I went in, and I introduced myself to the lady who was unresponsive, and the cat and I kind of acquainted with one another briefly, hmm. and I began Reiki, and I was actually watching both the person going through the process and the cat witnessing the human going through the process. Oh, wow. And it was extremely magical because within those last few seconds, I knew we were there mm. because the cat found the highest place in the room it could go, and it climbed up on top of there and then just watched the person leave, and I felt the peace happen at that exact second. And so the cat and I witnessed her moving on together, which was so incredibly amazing. Look, goosebumps. <laughs> I got goosebumps when you were talking about that. Wow. So this is a stupid question. Did, did Do you know if a family member took the kitty afterwards? You know, I did not follow up. I'm always so concerned about the, the animals, too, know. you know? It's like, oh, no. I know. I didn't follow up on the cat in that scenario. I was, I was at the end of my shift, if I'm honest. And yeah. I witnessed 
Wow. And I waited while they did all of the things that they did for the facility and getting a hold of the family members and, and waiting and such. And yeah. then I chose to leave, so right out of the way. Right. Um, oh, I understand. But, yeah, I do wonder to this day. That cat yeah. crosses my mind occasionally, and I do hope that there was someone that was able to take it home and love it. Oh, I'm sure they're usually pretty mm-hmm. good with, like, either a family member, you know. Yeah. Because um, that cat's a part of her, you know? Absolutely. So if she had family, I'm sure the family would be like, uh, yeah, give us our, our kitty, please. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and there was one point where you're talking about a gentleman that, and it has to do with your with your brother. And this is, to me, really just mind-blowing. I mean, I got goosebumps. That you guys prepare to get goosies? <laughs> because, seriously, this was, like, pretty pretty special. And this is when I heard it. I was like, you have to be on, cousin. You absolutely have to be on the podcast. So, like, podcast-worthy. So, talk about that. <laughs> I'm giggling because goosies, and it's making my eyes water at the same time. <laughs> and here we are sitting in a cemetery, and I'm about to talk about this. It's pretty amazing. So, yeah. So backstory, just quick, my brother died in 1995 unexpectedly, and just something that you carry with you for the rest of your life, obviously. Right. So I was living, or living, I wasn't living, I was working, (laughs) kind of living because you're there more than you are at work. I was living Um, back in the day before I died. (laughs) Right. Are we really here now? (laughs) We are Uh, in a graveyard, so, well, no, cemetery. (laughs) So, anyhow, um, I mentioned before I was working at St. Andrew's Village, which is a senior living facility, Mm. and was sitting with one of the residents who used to always come to my exercise classes, and I got to know him a little bit throughout his last few years as he lived in the facility the rest of his life with us, and he had been moved over into skilled nursing, and I went to visit him. He was kind of toward the end, and but still was responsive and went in to, to sit with him for a while at the end of my shift again. And we were just talking, visiting, and all of a sudden he starts looking at this chair across the room. He gets quiet. And so I got quiet because I want to honor him and hold space in whatever way he feels is right for him. And just really quiet and staring at the chair and staring at the chair. And out of nowhere he says, who's Kevin? And Kevin was my brother. And I said, well, he's my brother. Why? And he said, well, because he's right there in the chair. This was many years after my brother passed away. And this gentleman did not know anything about me personally because I worked for the facility he lived in. So I didn't bring my things with me to work. This was all about him. So there was no way he would have known about Kevin. And so I said, well, I I think he's here for you. Are you ready to go? And we paused a moment, and the resident was kind of like, yeah, I think I am. And I said, well, is there anything that I can do for you? Would you like me to be here and bear witness? What, What can I do for you in this time? And he said, go ahead and go call my daughter. And I said, okay. And so I left the room to go call his daughter, and he left the room at the same time far as I can tell and see that is just phenomenal I mean seriously that's such a special thing you know I mean like your brother who was bigger than life itself you guys I just need to say something about my cousin Kevin he was like a fucking rock star he he like as a kid he would be like he has a son who's like close to my age okay and he 
was larger than life. Like, he looked at him, and he was, like, this bodybuilder-looking type of dude. And he was a bodybuilder. He, like, he was huge. As a kid, one of my memories with him, he would have me on one side and my sister or his son on the other side, and he would get his pinky, mind you, not his whole hand, but his pinky. And we would put our little hands, wrap them around him, and he would lift us up high in the air to this date. And Holly gave me crap about it a few weeks ago because I was like, yeah, I was like, he's always my favorite cousin. She's like, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> you're, a, you're a close second, okay? Oh, yes, I can't you up with <laughs> you're, But, you know, on, on earth I could say you're, you're my favorite. But, no. you know, um, but seriously, truly, he was bigger than life. And... Let's, the wind is hitting us good right now, the breeze. So let's give a few seconds of silent for silence for Kevin and for the the gentleman that Kevin took with him. So here we go, some silence. Gorgeous breeze, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I tell you, I when I heard her talk about that, I knew I had to share that. And it's really cool because a couple of years ago, we went to where he's buried. We were there, and they were, like, putting wreaths out. And I just remember saying, gosh, I wish he, you know, snow was on the ground. And I remember me and you kind of walking around on each side making a heart and snow and it looked so cool with the glistening snow all around and the, the red and green flowers we put there for him and I just remember I you know I always said I said something like you always get signs that he's around right right and um, all of a sudden I was like I wish we could get have a sign or something and all of a sudden hundreds of Canadian geese flew over us just singing to us and and flying and did a circle and then they were gone right yeah, that was amazing. And as you're talking of that, I was actually just Googling meaning of the goose. And it says, you can learn from a goose spirit animal's bravery and loyalty. Oh, my goodness. And that was so him. So Kevin. That is so cool. And um, to jump back to, your, to what you just mentioned, I think it's really cool that he was there. Let this guy know, hey, you know, Holly, I'm just like her. We're good you. people. I've got you. You're not alone. I'm here to guide you into that spirit world and welcome you where I could reunite you with your family probably. And that's like really cool. Like talk about goosebumps, you know, it's just, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Did you want to real quick talk about some of the other signs that you have gotten from your, from Kevin? Well, one of the things actually, it's perfect that it's really windy right now um, (laughs) because while I was driving down here to meet you, it occurred to me that um, I wanted to mention, so great segue, that I hear his voice in the wind sometimes. I hear him say my name. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, and he used to say it in a very particular like way. And uh, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's really special. And, you know, it just goes to show that he passed away in the 90s and it doesn't matter. Like time does not heal wounds, you know. Oh, you guys were seeing this gorgeous little butterfly just fly past on the grave. Um, time doesn't heal all wounds, you know, it really doesn't. They're very much still there with us and in our hearts. And, you know, I just, I see so much of Kevin in you, your happiness and your love that you have for other people and the things that you do. And it it really, I don't know why I have like, (laughs) my whole body has goosebumps. Like I could feel it running through me. 
you know, he, he's not here physically, but very much so spiritually, he is here. He, oh, he really, really is. I remember one time I was talking with the medium who didn't know my history or anything. And she was like mentioning a few people and she was just like, I don't know who this is, but he's a, he has a very strong presence. He was large in life. And I'm like, I know who that was. That's my cousin. <laughs> That's Kevin. Right. And so very much in our lives, whenever somebody passes away and I see the family member really just mourning and, and it's okay to mourn. There's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. I mourn. I mourn. It's unhealthy if you don't. And I think that it's something that you, you have to do. You can't just let it sit in you and stuff. I, help, I think to me, crying is healthy. So I must be the most healthy person in the world because I like cry all the freaking time. You just have to. You have to let it out. And I know one time... Didn't it, wasn't it one time you were like hiking or something and you were thinking of your brother and you saw this like flag on top of a hilltop or something or a mountain? Yeah, actually, um, your sister, Jenna, and my friend, um, Janine, and I did a 14er on August 10th, which is the day that my brother died. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the 14er, which was August 10th, not July 4th, not Memorial Day, not Labor Day, there was an American flag stuck in the rocks at the top of the 14 It's the only time I have ever seen that. And I've climbed six of them, I think. But it was the only time that that happened, and it was that day. And we hiked intentionally that day because it was an anniversary date. And so that is why we hiked Beerstadt that year. And uh, it was just beautiful to have that waiting for us at the top as an acknowledgement of what we had done for him that day. Absolutely. No, I think that is really cool. That's really special. Do you still have a picture of that flag? I, I do. It's actually in my house at the top of the stairs. You know what? If you want, you, you want to send it to me, that could be the picture for this episode. So Okay. You, okay. So, yeah, you guys, and, uh, that wasn't planned. She just, <laughs> as you can see the discussion right now. So, check out that picture, and that will be that, the flag. So, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, it is neat how they could just communicate like with me I'm an investigator a paranormal investigator so I have the tools necessary and and sometimes I don't have my tools sometimes like you I can hear it I can hear them in my ears like whispering and it's always a man oddly enough but it's like you know I could you know whether it's a phantom smell which we've talked about before on another episode or just different things they they want to get your attention. They demand your attention. They will give it to you. It's like, hey, sister, right? <laughs> you know, like literally. And so that's really cool. So, cousin, is there anything else that you want to share? I don't really know what else I would share right now. Like nothing's coming through. Honestly, I'm just ch- checking to see if there's anything that I'm being guided to share. Right. And I'm just really peaceful today here with you. And awesome. really grateful. Thank you for the interview and the time. Yes. So you guys... If you have a brother, give him a hug today and think of my sweet cousin when you're doing that. Give him a hug. And so, yeah, it's very peaceful here. Just the breeze. I I wish I could describe to you what we're seeing. We're sitting here and, you know, these huge uh, headstones, not like Cities of the Dead huge, as you heard of last week, but like, you know, just like decent sized ones, uh, like car hood size. We have uh, Dern and Grady and which one has been bird cell like like what a pretty name that is briars janitelle there's one that's watered that kind of looks like interview with a vampire like it's all stained all crazy looking 
really beautiful. Okay, so it was really a sweet, magical day, and it's always fun hanging out with family. And and I just want to say real quick, this isn't about the paranormal, but since Kevin was very much part of this episode, I did want to mention one of my most funniest memories of him. I was probably like 13 at the time, and he was a bit older but he was so young at heart, you know, and we were kind of at this barbecue, this family barbecue, and he and I were off at, at the time I was being bullied in school and he was just kind of talking to me about it. And that we were having this private discussion and I always kind of followed him around anyway, cause he was cool. Cousin Kevin, you know, uh, bigger than the Hulk. And we were there and all of a sudden he has this, chewing tobacco canister in his hand you know and to to a kid that looks like one of those like old school gum ones you know you just open the lid and there was like gum in there of course it was usually pink or purple or green or a different color and this was more brown so I thought what kind of what kind of hell of gum is this you know and somebody's like Kevin and he turns around to look away real quick and I stick my little hand in there and just shove a bunch of gum in my mouth or what I think is gum And like 10 seconds later, he looks back at me and he looks down at my face and sees the look on my face and then looks at his like chewing tobacco and (laughs) puts two and two together. And oh, it was just the most hilarious thing. He was like trying to like ask me like, did you eat some of this? And I was like, no, and probably have like tobacco sticking out of my teeth. And oh, it was just like really hilarious. Anyways, big shout out to Holly McIntyre, my cousin. I fully enjoyed talking with you and thank you so much for sharing about something that was so special, especially events that that have taken place in your life. It was truly a magical day. Did you enjoy today's episode? Check out the past ones. They're equally phenomenal. Subscribe now to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, CastBox, and basically anywhere else you can find the old podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next week. I got the Merle Haggard blues today. I write songs when I feel this way. I grab my guitar and I play. I got the Merle Haggard blues today. He grew up in a boxcar in Oildale by the railroad track.